the following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. This is Cassie. And this is Jesse, And you are listening to Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. I am your host, Lee Walker, and I am joined by the Perched correspondent, Justin Largertoe. And before we get into talking about SummerSlam, our correspondent, as you know, goes to any and every show in the tri-state area. WWE Raw was just in Madison Square Garden. And AEW Dynamite and Rampage took place in Connecticut. Uh, last night, Rampage and Dynamite, they were in, Jesus Christ, I don't even know where I was. It was uh, Worcester, Mass. That's right. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. So, yeah. Massachusetts. Getting to experience Madison Square Garden and Madison Square Garden live on in person and then on TV are two totally different things. Now the Madison Square Garden was fantastic on Monday. That you guys were loud, popped great, loved it. That's what I like as a fan because if the crowd is is like that and the commentators are like that, like Larry Sabisco today on YouTube.com perched on the top rope talking about how he and Bobby Heenan in WCW didn't have a script. They, everything they did was just on the spot. They didn't go to their meetings that commentary did. They didn't do that. You can hear all about it, fans, at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. So the fans play a huge factor on how the show goes for me personally, Justin. And you guys did awesome, so thank you. Yeah, I was hoping, because I actually said it to you the other night on Tuesday, uh, day after Raw. That I hope we came across as good on TV as we did in person because the crowd was fucking nuts on Monday night. It was le- legit sold out. When I looked Sunday night, just out of curiosity, there were only 17 available tickets for Raw on Monday. And honestly, one of the better Raws I'd been I'd been to in a while. Like, you know, and I'm sure everyone else knows because we, we talked about it on the show. I went to WrestleMania this year. I was at the Raw after Mania. And going into that, I was, like, so hyped because, you know, we hadn't had a a real Raw after WrestleMania crowd in three years up to that point. The last one was in the Barclays Center the night after WrestleMania 35 mm-hmm. because, yeah, obviously had the Performance Center and the Thunderdome the prior years. But you agreed with me, Lee. It was, it was disappointing because I don't know if everyone was just tired out from two nights of WrestleMania in a row. And that's the first time we had to do that with a live crowd for Raw going in. But it wasn't as loud. It wasn't as rowdy. People were trying, but it it, it didn't live up to the expectations of a Raw after WrestleMania crowd, I'd say. I mean, it's a hard crowd to follow, let's be honest. Yeah. Now, it was a great show, by the way. However, what happened with Raw between Seth Rollins and Riddle 
causes an issue with SummerSlam, and we'll get to that. Now, you were also at AEW Dynamite. How was it, man? You know, you're, you're live all the time. How was it for you to be at these shows? So, last night, the first hour, A Dynamite, AW Dynamite, and I would say the second hour too, but more so the first hour, was so much fun, dude. We had Roosh and Moxley opening the show. That was a fun match. You had the stuff with Ricky Starks seemingly turning baby, well, not seemingly, obviously turning baby face, and Hook winning the FTW title, which the crowd went fucking nuts for, as they should. And I didn't, this this whole Ricky Starks, Dan Housen stuff going in, I was expecting this to lead to Hook and Ricky at all out for the FTW title, not for one second did I think we were going to get the title change last night. So the crowd loved it. And Ricky Starks is going to be one of the most over baby phases in that company going forward. I, I just see it already. The second hour, what we have, we had a uh, jungle boy coming out. Uh, first time I'd ever heard a pussy chant <laughs> from a live crowd. <laughs> that was interesting. Yes, that was. <laughs> but uh, the, the Jungle Boy Christian stuff has been great so far. I've been enjoying it. It was good to see Brian Danielson back. Curious where they're going with him. It looks like maybe they're going in a direction with the old Shawn Michaels storyline from 95, where he had kind of come back too early and, you know, just kind of collapsed in that match with Owen Hart on Raw. But. That, that's how I took at it, took it watching the match live. Maybe that's where they're going to go with it. Maybe not. Maybe it was just more built to Jericho and Moxley in a few weeks. Now, I will say, sitting through Rampage this week felt like more of a chore <laughs> after after Dynamite. I'm, I'm not going to get into everything that happened, but it it felt like a long show, Rampage, even though it was an hour. A lot of technical issues, too. They tried to play the... Um, like you obviously know the pre-match interview before the main event with Mark Henry. They tried to play it three times and it had no audio each time until the fourth time it finally worked. So that took about 10 minutes of time. <laughs> but yeah, Rampage was eh this week, honestly. And I, you didn't mention it, Lee, but I was also at Ring of Honor death before dishonor this past saturday in lowell massachusetts i was getting there i was getting yep. there <laughs> uh that was a fantastic show loved seeing claudio win the title young uh i was gonna say young bucks and ftr but the briscoes and ftr just great main event all around a everything just really enjoyed it. it just you know i was saying going in the five championship matches alone sold me on the show and i feel like everything delivered uh, well we did talk on the prediction show because we had we were part of the, the the media call with tony khan and uh the the news had broke that the briscoes are signed to ring of honor and it's a, a long-term deal which is which was great to hear claudio winning the championship also led to controversy that we now know with Jonathan Gresham asking for his AEW and Ring of Honor release. 
was did not want to turn heel. Uh, very upset. He and Tony had a a heated heated argument. So a lot of ram, you know, big ramification came out of that. And uh, Jonathan Gresham, who's you know very big about Ring of Honor, and you know he's been part of it for a very long time. And now we see what we see, and it is what it is. But a really cool part that came out of Raw for me was when uh for Rey Mysterio's 20th anniversary which you know we had done our perched on the top shelf episode 2 episode after you had gotten back and you had wore your your Rey mask which fans you can watch that episode youtube.com slash perched on the top rope and on Apple podcast just search us perched on the top rope Aaliyah comes face to face with Rhea Ripley. I mean, Ray got attacked multiple times that night. Buddy Matthews tweets out, they can fight for me in a custody ladder match. I lost it. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I, I just in the building, they showed the segment on the screen. And as soon as I saw them go face to face, I'm like, oh, those are Murphy's girls. <laughs> All we needed was Alexa Bliss for the special guest referee. Oh, yeah. And I think she was the next segment, too, actually, (laughs) if I remember correctly. Yep, because it went into her about wanting to be the WWE Women's Champion and this and that. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Holy crap. Wow. So, the, the Gresham thing... You know, he is, to me, Ring of Honor. So if he's gone, that that sucks. You know, one thing that was special with Ring of Honor was the trio's titles, or six-man titles, and now AEW's got the trio titles coming out. Did you get a good eye of those, Justin? So I did. I Raven, before they made the announcement and put the graphic for All Out up on the screen... I literally just looked over at the announce desk and saw the three shiny center plates just sitting there. And I poked my friend next to me and I go, there's titles over on the announce desk over there. And we both look at each other. Trios titles. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited for those. I can't wait. That's dope. And we saw the return of Brian Danielson. Also. Yeah. It was good to see Brian back. I think Tony Khan going forward is going to be very, very careful of him. I don't foresee Brian Danielson working a week-to-week in-ring schedule like he has been with AEW for the most part since he's debuted. Yeah. It, it feels like he's at least wrestling. If it's not on Dynamite, it's on Rampage. I don't see him working every week like he has been going forward. But... I'm curious to see if there was a storyline they're going to go with. Because as I had said, Brian had collapsed a few times in the match. And I saw that similar to the Shawn Michaels storyline from late 95 before he won the Royal Rumble. Because Shawn was just coming back from the attack from the, what was it? The uh, Marines in Syracuse, that bar fight. Yep. Yep. So... 
that's how I saw it. Not not that Brian Danielson's in bars fighting Marines, but you know, maybe he had come back a little too soon. Uh, unless it's just a way to build because now they have Jericho and Moxley uh, facing each other for the world title in a few weeks. And, you know, maybe that's all it was. Obviously he had the interference from Jake Hager and Jericho came down afterwards. And those are the, those are their respective groups, uh, Blackpool Combat Club and the Jericho Appreciation Society. So we'll see. Yeah, and you know it was really interesting. You know who got um, for that AEW Dynamite show on Wednesday? You know who had the biggest pop of the night, Justin? Uh, who who was it on TV? So just so it it wasn't who it wasn't who I think you're going to say it was. Absolutely not. Don't say it. Stop. No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Very nice. Very Those are piped in cheers. Don't, don't, don't. He had the loudest. I mean, Jungle Boy really got the crowd rocking. So there was that too. But. We are perched on Danhausen. No, we are. He, you may be. Yes. Man. No. No. That's the new name of the show now. Perched on Danhausen. That. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Yep. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. All right, man. Danhausen. That's a lie, and we all know it. That's a lie. So, what'd you think? You were there live. It was the the go home show for Raw for SummerSlam. What'd you think of the show itself? Yeah, like like I was saying, it, it was one of the better Raws I've been to. The the crowd was hot all night for just about everything, and the show went by like it was nothing. I remember after the o- opening segment with Reigns and Austin Fury, I looked at my phone. It was eight eighteen, and then I think a little bit after the Alexa Bliss match, I looked back and it was nine thirty seven already. So I'm like, wow, we're already over an hour and a half into the show that that's not like raw. This is weird, but you know, this was the, also the first raw of the post Vince McMahon era. It seems like there, and we'll, we'll get into that in a bit, but you know, I'm not expecting these major changes overnight with any of the shows provided by WB. It's, it's all going to be changing gradually over time. It's nothing that's going to be rushed. Yes, and I'm so glad you brought that up, dude. That it was—it's the first Raw after Vince McMahon. Did you hear the comments that CM Punk made? I did not. Well, what was said? Okay, so he well at the San Diego Comic Con, he was on a. They had all done this podcast. Him, Britt Baker, Orange Cassidy, Darby, uh, and Jade. And he was asked about like Vince McMahon and stuff like that. And basically said, you know, just because he said I'm retired doesn't mean he's retired. He he thinks in some way, shape or form, Vince is Vince still has his hand in the cookie jar. Oh, and he probably does. Um, I mean, he he's still going to because I'm pretty sure he he owns the most stock in WWE. Yeah. 
so he still has a huge say. Um, however, I felt like even if you made a few changes with Raw, that it that it would have it would have been uh sorry my brother's like gonna come in i can hear it's a car so it would have been the fact that i would have made some changes because you've got all these people that are going to be tuning in knowing that it's the first raw after vince mcmahon but not really i think with the ray mysterio I you know the 20th anniversary I wasn't sure what to expect the way Dominic was pacing back and forth and and everything truthfully I was really hoping for a heel change didn't get that that's fine I didn't know if they would bring any legends to the show but then again I don't think some of the ones he had brought up they would have allowed on the show you know, if you noticed, he didn't even say Conan. It was, yo, K-Dog, you know who I'm talking about. You know, they probably didn't want his name said on TV. Uh, and then all the attacks, you know, that's kind of like what I expect. You know, because when they bring legends back in general, they end up getting beat up anyway or ridiculed and harassed. Like when Brock Lesnar approached Hogan, Nash, and... You know, all those guys the one time, Randy Orton beating up Mark Henry, Big Show, uh, HBK, Flair, all in like the matter of two minutes, lights on, lights off, lights back on, everyone's on the ground. So, I don't know, I had I had higher hopes for that, but it is what it is, you know, it was it was still good. You know, glad to see WWE changing some things. Like, you know, we're seeing Rhea Ripley beat up on a guy, usually under any normal circumstances, aside from like with Charlotte with Gulak. You know, that's not really PG, I guess. So they're trying to make things a little more aggressive and you could see it in that style on how raw portrayed at least the way it showed on tv now justin i know you won't be at this event though SummerSlam. it's funny because i probably have the chance to and i'm still not gonna go it wouldn't surprise me to be honest with you, <laughs> but the card itself, Justin, we're going to start off with the Mysterios versus the judgment day. This is a no disqualification match. I just brought up how Rhea Ripley had been, Attacking Rey Mysterio that we saw aside from the entire Judgment Day themselves on Raw. 
I would say they seemingly have the upper hand with this one. Now we saw Aaliyah get in her face. And if I'm wrong, I mean no disrespect, but I thought Aaliyah was pregnant. She looked like she had a baby bump. Again, it could be wrong. I'm not sure. That's that's. I think that's why you didn't see any physicalness between the two. But I did enjoy Buddy Matthews' tweet. Uh, we've been seeing these vignettes. I know the, I know you know the ones I'm talking about where we're getting little subliminal messages of past wrestlers that this man has faced. Oh, yeah. So, SummerSlam, do you think in this match we can see the return of Edge? Yeah, so this match, this match I honestly see going one of two ways. Either we do see Edge, but I feel like if we see Edge, then that practically guarantees a Mysterio's win. And it would make sense. I mean, this match is no disqualification, so you can have the outside interference and, you know, still give the team the win. Or we do get the Dominic turn that we were expecting on Monday. And the Judgment Day wins. Now you also have to think the Mysterios beat the the Judgment Day this past Monday and they beat them on Raw a few weeks ago as well. You would imagine the Judgment Day has to win this since they're 0-2 with the Mysterios already. And now with Rhea Ripley back, it seems like we may have things on track with the Judgment Day, but who knows? So... I'm going to have to say the Judgment Day here, and maybe we get Edge after the match. But I I do feel like we see Edge this Saturday, whether it's a capacity of helping the Mysterios win or getting his revenge on the Judgment Day post-match. I just don't see a scenario how we can have the Judgment Day lose again to the same team and go forward and try to be this serious act on TV. So here's what I think. Go ahead. AEW does a lot of, I guess you would say, multi-things multi, multi things in matches or ridiculous things, I guess. I'm calling for the Judgment Day to win. And it's going to be because Dominic turns on his father and joins the Judgment Day. Judgment Day wins. Continue to attack Ray after the match. This brings Edge. That's what I'm calling for this match. There's a lot going on there. If you think about yeah. it, when's the yeah. last when's the last time you've seen WWE doing a do a turn and a return in the same match? It's been a while. Yeah. And if and if you want to really kick the show off right, this is the match to open with to do that, to really set forth for the rest of the pay-per-view. Know what I mean? Like that that's the way to start it. No, that makes sense. Again, I don't know the order of the card, but I'm gonna say our next match. Hollywood 
versus YouTuber. It's the Miz versus Logan Paul. This has actually had quite an interesting buildup in my eyes. You know, Logan Paul says he's returning. The Miz is all, I got a tag team partner. We're going to be tag team champions. And Logan Paul's like, no, you can be like that guy in Japan and go hang yourself. Oh, shit. And he's like, nope, I want to match. I want to match. I want to match. WWE signs him. Logan Paul is on the active roster for WWE. Okay. Now, we'd all seen The Miz turn on Logan at WrestleMania. I, I don't know how delusional The Miz is to think that this was going to be, he was going to come back and team with him, but that's another story. I don't, really delusional for someone who's completely narcissistic about his gigantic balls. Massive balls. Or lack thereof. Although I can't talk bad, uh, The Miz and I are both MTV reality alumni, so I can't say much. Not going to bash the man for that. Can't do it. And with that being said, I'm picking The Miz. I know no. I, I know he doesn't win. Sorry, I hope The Miz doesn't actually listen to this part. I just want you to know that, you know, even though we are both MTV alumni, really, I think Logan Paul wins, but I'm just trying to save face. Well, I'm going to start it off by saying, fuck Logan Paul, along with all of Madison Square Garden that said it this past Monday. No one fucking likes Logan Paul. I don't want him to win this fucking match. I really want Miz to fucking beat him. I know it's not going to happen because they want to put fucking Logan Paul over. So you know what? I'm picking Logan Paul, but fuck Logan Paul. And I'm like, fuck you. Fuck that dude. Yeah. Fuck Logan Paul. Our next match is a championship match. The champ Bobby Lashley won it July 2nd. Just like I said he would. Because why wouldn't you have someone July 4th weekend win the United States Championship who's a former military man? And for that service, Bobby Lashley, we thank you. Taking on the youngest Money in the Bank winner theory. Now, I'm going to talk a little context outside of this match because I don't give a shit about this match, to be honest with you. I forgot it was happening. Since Triple H has come back, he's like the EVP and now he's head of talent relations. We got to really see the treatment of theory post Vince McMahon era. Has the stock fallen on this one? No, I, I don't think so. Okay. Look, look, dude, it, it's the fucking money in the bank curse where somebody wins a brief, the briefcase 
And from there, they fucking lose nonstop, left and right like Fury's been. They treat him like a fucking joke because at the end of the day, their thought process is, oh, well, this guy's going to fucking cash in and win the world title anyway. So why do we have to book him strong? We don't have to. We'll worry about that as soon as he wins the title after he cashes in. I don't, I, it's not, I don't see any reason why Fury gets deep pushed. I mean, Triple H was big on Fury before he signed him to WWE back a few years ago, coming off Fury's run and Evolve as the world champion there. So I don't think this is the start of Fury going downhill or losing the briefcase or anything like that. I mean, th- this has just been happening for a few weeks now, and this is usually what happens with the Money in the Bank winners. Okay, yeah, that's pretty true. Unless you're happy, Corbin, you've had that curse since winning it. Let's not forget 2020, that man won seven matches for his entire year. Well, he was, he was he was bum-ass Baron Corbin for a bit. True, very true. So, I think Lashley retains, and it has nothing to do with, honestly, the booking. I'm picking theory, or not theory, Jesus Christ. That might be something later on, folks. I'm picking Lashley for this reason and this reason only. Lashley's been around for a while, whether you remember his original run, you know, from, you know, in 08 when he was in ECW and all that, or whether you, you know, know him from Impact, TNA, you know, former UF, you know, Bellator fighter, not Bellator, Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, he wasn't Bellator. And then, you know, so he's established. He's been back for a while now also. You know, so so people like Lashley, you know, you can get behind Lashley no matter what. Theory's 23. He's young. Is he ready for that kind of spotlight? I'm going to shake my head on this one and, and say no. But Lashley is someone who can being the big player that he is in the business and elevate the championship to something more than what it is as a secondary championship. And with that, it can also elevate him back up to the main event scene also. So I'm, I'm saying Lashley wins this. He's there's no reason for him to, to lose. Yeah, I'm I'm going with Lashley too. There there's no reason to put the title back on Fury if he has the money in the bank. It just it's just putting the title on a guy who's literally just going to be doing everything else and the title's really not going to get showcased the way it should be. Lashley's I think is a great person to hold the title right now, especially with since there's practically no world champion on Raw. I mean, I, I literally believe this past Monday was the first time Roman Reigns had appeared on Raw as the world champion since the night after WrestleMania. So we're talking a good three months without a world champion on the show at all. Then that that makes the US title the de facto world championship on the show. And Lashley's a great guy to kind of carry that flag. When it comes to Fury being too young, I you know, I've been saying it since he won the money in the bank. They gotta take their time with him. I really hope they don't just have him cash in the, on this show and just waste it. I don't think they will because I do believe they have bigger plans for the WB Universal Championship coming out of this show. 
and you know we'll get to that later. But I'm gonna say Lashley, and I I, I see theory maybe teasing a cash in later on, but not going through with it and the belt not ringing. Yeah, and our next match is the WWE Tag Team Championship, the Usos versus the Street Profits, with the special guest referee being Jeff Jarrett. Now, him being the special guest, in all honesty, makes no sense. The way Jeff is, it could go either one of two ways. He's either going to help the Street Profits win or he's going to help the Usos retain, you know, you know, some sort of stupid tie-in somehow. Uh, but him as the ref makes no sense, and I know why they're doing it. It's just because the next day he's in a match, Ric Flair's last match, and, uh, you know, hey, while he's there, take advantage and bring him in. And that's what they're doing. They didn't have to pay for him to fly in. Didn't have to pay for a hotel. He's already there. So, realistically, I think the way WWE has been booking tag teams has just been very lazy anyway. We're starting to see a little emphasis on the the Viking Raiders. They're probably going to be the next to challenge the Usos. But this, in my eyes, you know, if we're going for the surprises and this and that, this is going to be the match that splits up the Street Profit, hands down. You remember, Justin, when they were talking about wanting to split them up and on Raw, they were talking about how there was the rumors in the back and this and that, that the street profits weren't good, but like none of that has ever come off in their promos or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think this, I think SummerSlam, this is where we see the breakup. Okay. So I'll say, you know, you know, the only reason Jeff Jarrett's there is because of the Nashville tie in. We'll I'll start with that. That's the only reason he's there. If they weren't in Nashville, it wouldn't be Jeff Jarrett being a part of this match. With the Street Profits, I don't think we get the full breakup here. I think it it's the start of the tease of the breakup. And, you know, depending on if they have the draft this year, which who knows, because you have people showing up whatever fucking show they want now. There's no separation at all. I, I think maybe we get the string profits being drafted to separate brands like the, the initial plan was actually last year before they changed their mind at the last minute. And, you know, even if it's not that, I think here we do get the start of the start teasing the uh, breakup of the street profits. And maybe they challenge the Usos one more time or another big tag team like the Viking Raiders. And there we get the breakup. And before we do the draft if it is happening like i said because who the fuck knows anymore we at least get the one-on-one match with montez and angelo dawkins which i feel like should happen yeah now our next match pat mcafee versus bum ass corbin and you know i'm i'm calling him bum ass corbin instead of Happy Corbin, 
Justin, do you know the last time bum ass Corbin won a pay per view match? Ooh, a pay per view match. Uh, give me a sec. I'm gonna have to. I'm Don't have to don't look at I'll, I'll, I'll show you my hands. My hands are free. I'm going to give you, I'll give you a good hint. I had already said it earlier in the show. In 2020. 2020 against Riddle at Payback? In 2020, he only won seven matches total. So if I'm telling you, I'm, I'm trying to give you a hint. I'm not saying it's in 2020, but, but a hint is he only won seven matches in 2020. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 2020 against, I believe it was Riddle at Payback. The last time he has won a pay-per-view match was December 2019. Oh, shit. Was it really that match with Roman? And the only reason why I say it is because recently it was brought up on SmackDown. Yeah. You also want to know something else? That that pay-per-view is also, I believe, the last time that Roman has lost and been pinned. It is. It it definitely is. So there there's an interesting fact for you there, folks. Uh one sitting on top of the mountain who lost the match, and the guy who won the match. Is bum ass Corbin. So there's your little uh, interesting fact for you, Justin. However, I, I Corbin's been doing all the attacking on McAfee and running away and this and that. I Pat McAfee wins this. You know, there's no way he doesn't lose. Pat McAfee no, wins. No doubt in my mind, Pat McAfee wins. The the the. They're going to do more of this with Pat McAfee competing on the premium live events. You can definitely tell. Yeah. I'm fine with it. As, lo- as long as the opponents make sense. And, you know, obviously he's a great worker from what we've seen so far and how little experience he really has when you think about it. Yeah, he's very charismatic, great, great talker. So I'm fine with it going forward. If he just works these lo- premium live events, the big ones like Mania, SummerSlam, maybe he gets a spot in the Rumble at some point. Who knows? Same, same. So, Pat McAfee, that's who we're picking. The next match is our co-main event. We have the Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair, taking on Becky Lynch. Now, I like the... I talk like Conor McGregor and dress like Lady Gaga thing going on. But I don't know. This match does nothing for me, to be honest with you. Doesn't do anything for me either. So the reason why I say that is Fans, if you go listen to our interview with Larry Sabisco at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope, Larry Sabisco talks about this being the generation of needing new stars. I think he's absolutely right. Yep. 
and, and an example is you can only see nowadays the same people wrestle each other so many times. Now, if you were to go look up someone like Larry Zabisco in cagematches.net and go look at his match history and see a slew of matches from New Japan, him wrestling Andre the Giant in various cities. Well, back then, not everything was televised. Back then, uh, you know, no internet. You know, so like the house shows and stuff like that, you might see, you know, someone like Bianca Belair wrestle the same person over and over and over. But when it came to television, you do not see that. And that's what we're seeing. And this is one of those matches. So it's a regular match. No stipulations besides the championship on the line. There's no, it's not a no DQ. It's not a last woman standing. It's not this, it's not that. It's just a regular match. And we've seen enough of these. So what are they going to pull out? They have to do something different that we haven't seen them do before. Because otherwise for me, the it's going to be just... Becky attacks, Bianca be- attacks, Becky, Bianca, Becky, Bianca, be- you know, and so on and so forth until we have a winner. I think Bianca retains. I have no idea what they have planned for Becky. I really have no idea what they have planned realistically for any of the women's division because it seems like the women's evolution has turned into, okay, it's a three-hour show with 27 minutes of wrestling. Women, you got five minutes. I think it kind of sucks, but I don't I don't know what to do here realistically. I you know, WWE doesn't know what they're doing in my opinion with the women's division and it shows it just shows. You have NXT women champions, but you don't have enough to field for the main roster for tag team champions. There's been no talk of it since Sasha and Naomi. That tournament has still yet to happen. And it's because they know they just don't have the roster for it. And it sucks. But WWE has never taken tag team wrestling seriously. And that's why I'm saying with the Usos retaining, that's also why we're going to see the the Street Profits break up. Because who else are they going to feud with? Who feuds with the Usos next? That's another match where they keep having them wrestle the same tag team because they have no other tag teams for them. You know? And I'm yeah. a fan of tag team. I love tag team wrestling. I really, really do. And I know I've completely gotten off track with the Bianca Belair-Becky Lynch match, but... you. After a while, this watching the same people wrestle each other, have the same matches, it gets old. And this is where fans start to tune out. All I can think of is like, this is stuff that was set in place while Vince McMahon was still running the company. And they're just running through the storylines. And we're going to start to see some new things happen. Like 
if Bianca retains Monday night on Raw, I'm telling you, I do not want to see Becky Lynch come out, cry, piss, and moan that something happened. She deserves to be the champ, this and that. I don't want to see it. And if if that happens, then in my opinion, we're still in some sort of Vince McMahon era because that's a Vince McMahon move. Yeah. So when it comes to this match, I honestly, I, I don't give a shit. I mean, and I'll say the same thing when we get to the main event later, Becky and Bianca reigns and Lesnar that they had their stories going into mania. They paid them off at mania. They should be finished. They should be done. We shouldn't be just going back to the well with this. You know, Rhea just came back last Monday. Why can't we do Rhea and Bianca at SummerSlam since Rhea couldn't do the match at Money in the Bank? Why can't we have Asuka and Bianca Belair? Because we never got a one-on-one Raw Women's Championship match with them. Why, why do we have to go back to Becky? You know, Becky was on top of the women's division for three years. As long as she was an for every day she was an active competitor on the roster, she was a woman's champion, whether it be Raw Women's Champion or SmackDown Women's Champion. That ended this past April at WrestleMania. Why are we going back to just throwing Becky into the title picture? It doesn't need to happen. I'm picking Bianca, and I really just hope they move on to something different. I don't know if it's an NXT call-up that they need to do, because I would imagine we're going to be seeing Toxic Attraction up on the main roster at some point, within, but by the end of the year at least. It's, I think it's at this point just a matter of getting the woman's title off Mandy Rose in NXT. But here I see Bianca Belair winning, and, and my hope is they just move moving forward. They have somebody fresh for Bianca. Maybe they do do the rematch after this, but it, this is just a repeat of WrestleMania to me. I don't, I don't have any interest in it. Yeah, and I actually made a mistake calling it the co-main event because I totally forgot the SmackDown Women's Championship match is also up for grabs <laughs> as the champion Liv Morgan takes on Ronda Rousey. Now, with her cashing in the money in the bank, it could have been made believable that Liv Morgan could beat Ronda Rousey. But I think that like the way they had that go was that they didn't uh it wasn't done right because it wasn't like really believable to me. Like Ronda was able to like kind of recoup and stuff like that. It sh- but it's fine. Realistically, this match is a heavily one-sided match in any other way, shape, or form, in my opinion. I feel like if Rousey was to win this match, the reaction would be terrible for her. I feel like there's such, I feel like Liv Morgan has like such a huge fan base right now that if Ronda Rousey does it, it's going to be, it's not going to be good. I would also say the same thing that if Charlotte Flair did this, it would not be good. Nope. So like right now, when it comes to building new stars, Fans have gotten behind Liv Morgan for this, so kudos on that. 
But because I can't take this match seriously, because I know Ronda Rousey would fucking destroy Liv Morgan, I would say it should be Ronda Rousey that wins, but I feel and I know it's going to be Liv Morgan. So I don't have much more to add to that, to be honest with you. And here I was just, you know, talking great about the women's division, and now I'm just kind of shitting on it all in one. I don't mean to, but at the same time, this is such a mismatch. It's like not even funny. But if you fans, you want to, if you're UFC fans, MMA fans, I interviewed Invicta Fighting Championships CEO, Shannon Knapp, and she used to work with Ronda Rousey. You can hear all the, all about that at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. Liv wins. And I mean, I'm just, it is what it is. Like, okay. Yeah, I'm going to say Liv too. I, I feel like it is too early to take the title off Liv. This, as you said, she has a very large fan base right now. The reports from live events is she's getting one of the biggest reactions of the night. Merchandise is selling. It's flying off the shelves for her. And you know WWE loves their merchandise and people who can sell it. So I don't see them taking the title off Liv Morgan here. But I also don't see it, see it being a clean win. I definitely think there's a chance we get the return of Charlotte and maybe that sets up a triple threat at Clash at the Castle. Because you know... That's their main focus right now. It's not SummerSlam. Like, well, let's be real. The everything big that they plan on doing this fall, this summer, it's all going into Clash of the Castle because they know that's their big show, not SummerSlam. Either way, I think we get a DQ finish here, and I think Ronda wins by DQ due to interference from Charlotte. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even think that, you know, it could be a return moment, too. Because they do got to start setting stuff up for Clash at the Castle, you're right. And speaking of that, that that pay-per-view actually puts a nice twist on how this match can go. The Undisputed WWE Universe Championship, your main event, the champ, your tribal chief. Justin, you better acknowledge him. It's Roman, the tribal chief. It's Roman Reigns against Brock Lesnar in a last man standing. Now, this also means that there is no rules, so I will expect that the Usos come down and interfere in this match. Depending on if we see a result in the Street Profits breaking up or not breaking up, they could interfere in this match as well to attack the Usos. There's now one on Brock Lesnar's side, and he's never had anyone on his side, you know, aside from Paul Heyman, never, you know, Kurt Angle and stuff like that, but like never this new era of Brock is just a solo man. Now, Clash at the at the Castle, you know that that main event is going to be Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. You know there's going to be a title on the line. We've also heard theory 
nonstop. Admit he's going to cash in at SummerSlam. Although Monday, that, that confidence looked a little shaky, to be honest with you. I don't see them being done with Roman Reigns as champion, especially knowing what's ahead at Clash at the Castle with it being Drew versus Roman. I say Roman wins, and if Theory cashes in, I say he loses the briefcase. He loses. Or Roman wins without the Usos coming down to help. And then Theory comes down. And then the Usos come down. And then he doesn't get the full cash in. Because now they're there. He takes the briefcase and runs. Which I think would maybe be better storytelling for it to go that way. You know, because then Roman Reigns can have a little pest bothering him week in and week out, taunting him and teasing him with that money in the bank. And even though Roman doesn't take him serious at all, like we saw on Monday, we start to see Austin Theory get more notable wins, defeating more notable names, beating bigger names. And then that little, that little fly that bothers you as he flies by and you swat at now becomes a bee and he's ready to sting. And it's because you got that championship and man, that gold looks like pure honey to him. It's pure honey because it's money. Theory, the youngest money in the bank briefcase winner won the chase being the youngest WWE champ. I don't know which way it's going to go, but I say Roman Reigns retains. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. Roman Reigns retains here because you know it's going to be Drew and Roman at Clash of the Castle. I just don't see them doing Drew or Lesnar. But I do think we see a theory cash in, like I said earlier, and I feel like I see it going down more like the Seth Rollins WrestleMania 31 route with that cash in where you have Reigns and Lesnar down, Fury runs out, argues with the referee saying he wants to cash in, and then maybe before the bell rings again to signify the new match with Fury added, he literally turns around into an F5 or a spear, and that takes him out of the equation, and he keeps the money in the bank briefcase. But I see Roman winning here. That they're advertising this as the last match, which <laughs> I, I I don't believe at all, like at all. I won't believe it until at least one of these guys are re- completely retired and don't plan on wrestling another match in their career. And then maybe you end the show with Drew and Roman having a stare down to build to the big Clash of the Castle stadium show. Yeah, that'd be good. That's a nice ending there. That's a nice touch. It's a nice touch, Justin. Thank you. 
So Justin, you got any other uh any other shows coming up? Any uh meet and greets, any wrestling shows you're going to? Okay, let me pull out my list. Give me one second. <laughs> so, Lee, obviously you know you, you and me, we will be September 14th, MVP Arena at AEW Dynamite and Rampage taping. But I also have some breaking news because the following week, September 21st, I will be in Arthur Ashe Stadium for AEW Dynamite and Rampage Grand Slam. I can't wait. I know it's going to be a pay-per-view quality show like last year. I'm fucking stoked. Literally just bought the tickets yesterday. And, you know, it's going to be a great show. Also, I will be at Monday Night Raw, the go-home show to Survivor Series. That's going to be in November at the MVP Arena, same as AEW Dynamite and Rampage, which me and Lee will be at. But then, obviously, you can't go to the go-home Raw for Survivor Series without making your way to Boston at the TD Garden for Survivor Series. And obviously tickets haven't gone on sale for that yet. But your boy will be in the building. I guarantee it. Ladies and gentlemen, I said the Perch Correspondent goes to any show in the Tri-State area. I meant it. And that also means perched on the top rope is hashtag all elite. It does. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of perched on the top rope. And we have episode 100 coming since the restart. And we are very excited. We have some cool things planned for that show. So stay tuned. You can find this show anywhere and everywhere. Podcasts are found from Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, and anywhere podcasts can be found. Just got to find us perched on the top rope. We're all over Chartable on Top 250 in multiple countries. And for those countries that we're in, we thank you. And we hope that we do you justice with great content. Now, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash perched on the top rope. We have over 10,000 followers and we're coming in on like 10,000 in its own right. So make sure you go like the page. Awesome groundbreaking news, press releases that we get from Impact Wrestling, AEW, MLW, and WWE 2K. You can find us on Twitter at Perch Top Rope. You can find us on Instagram at Perched on the Top Rope Podcast, where we like to share hilarious memes. And if those aren't your thing, well, you can go to TikTok. It's Perched on the Top Rope, which you can see a, a wide variety of things that we've been doing as we do the hashtag WrestleTalk thing now. You can find great Selena scenes recreating the greatest moments in professional wrestling his history with Celine Dion. I will, my heart will go on. It makes everything better. It really does. If that doesn't tickle your fancy, you can watch the taskmaster from WCW Kevin Sullivan get humped by a dog. 
that's there too. I've also been stitching some great questions that I find on TikTok now. Just remember, look for us. It's TikTok perched on the top rope. Ladies and gentlemen, you can watch all our great interviews. We break them up. We have two interviews going out simultaneously that have been going out all week. As I interviewed Invicta Fighting Championships CEO Shannon Knapp, and I also asked some great questions related to the Bruno San Martino documentary as Anthem was part of that, and as well as if she would ever accept any former pro wrestlers into the IFC, because Anthem owns IFC, which Anthem also owns Impact Wrestling. It's a fair and interesting question. Go check it out, fans, youtube.com slash perch on the top rope. And we also interviewed WWE Hall of Famer, the living legend, Larry Zbysko. A couple of our parts from those interviews have already been picked up by a former place that I used to write at Sportskeeda. Thanks, Sportskeeda. Spots on Larry Zbysko talking about Ric Flair's last match. Spots where... uh, He talks about Vince McMahon retiring. So, fans, make sure you go to YouTube.com and you watch those interviews. Give a like, a comment, subscribe to the channel. We're at 450 subscribers. We'd like to get to 1,000. So, help us out. Give us a subscribe. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. You can catch Justin and I Tuesday with a brand new show for all you figure collectors out there. It goes on YouTube and we podcast it out. This new show is called Perched on the Top Shelf. As us serious collectors, we look at everything that's new coming into the collecting world from the WWE Hasbro line, the LJNs, those early ons, all the way up into the new elites as we just reviewed all the reviews, all the reveals from San Diego Comic-Con, and uh, my wallet does not like me anymore. Anyway, fans, thanks for tuning in, and always remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out. Peace.